Girlfriends, episode number 297, Mamas Can Be Saints with Kelly Guest. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I'm speaking with my friend and fellow Catholic author, Kelly Guest, about her new book for Catholic Mamas. Can't wait to share this conversation with you. Let's get going. Hello, my friend. Glad you are here. Thanks for joining me. If this is your first time listening to the Girlfriends Podcast, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you for giving us a try. I hope you're going to like what we share here and want to hang out for a long while. If you're a sometime listener or always listener, I want to welcome you back. Thanks so much for showing up. It means the world to me that we're able to connect through the podcast here each week. So thank you for that. This week, I have a special guest, Kelly Guest, who is a fellow Catholic mom author and author of the newly released Saintly Moms. I can't wait to share our conversation in just a moment here. But first, I want to ask you to send me some questions. So what I'm doing is, you might have noticed at the start of this week's show, I said this is episode number 297. That means we've got a milestone coming up in three weeks. Episode number 300 is going to be out shortly. I would love to do kind of a special fun episode for number 300, just to mark the milestone. And I thought, let's just have you send in questions. Now, I they can be longer kinds of questions that require a more in-depth answer, or even just silly things or personal questions or things that you wonder about, about me, about my family, about my work, or anything along those lines. Whatever's on your mind, I would love to get your questions. I'm going to be soliciting these on Instagram and Facebook as well. But I thought, I'll just put together a show that's based on what your questions are. That way I can be sure that you will be interested in the content, at least to some of you. So if you have a question for me, a short one, a long one about anything, anything goes, go ahead and ask. It is uh, best to send them to me by email, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Get me those questions for that future special episode of Girlfriends coming up to mark the 300th episode. I cannot believe I've done 300. Well, I'm not there yet. Almost there. And you know what? I want to thank you for that. You're the reason I'm here. You're the reason I ever began this podcast in the first place. You're the reason I keep on going. And you offer me so much encouragement just by listening, just by showing up. But in all the ways that you share the podcast, I want to thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends, sharing it on social media. I want to thank you for all of your reviews over at iTunes or on Spotify, other places that you listen to the podcast. I listen to it all. I read it all. I'm so grateful to you for helping me get the word out about girlfriends. And now's your chance to ask whatever you like. Send me that to danielle at daniellebean.com and look for that coming up very soon. And before I dive into our conversation here with Kelly, I just wanted to give a shout out for the Catholic MomCast. If you're not aware, some of you are, are shocked when you find out that I do this other stuff. And so I just wanted to make sure everybody who's listening here at Girlfriends is aware that my full-time work is with CatholicMom.com. And part of what I'm blessed to do through my work over there at Catholic Mom is record the Catholic MomCast. So I have a couple of people that I generally record that with, Allison Jingris and Lisa Hendy, who is founder of Catholic 
thecatholicmom.com. And we have some great conversations. And recently, the most recent episode of the Catholic Momcast, uh, Lisa and I had the chance to talk about finding motivation, what that's like, what you need motivation for. And this is such a great time of year to do that. Maybe the time change has really kicked you in the pants and you're having trouble keeping up with your day-to-day life. Or maybe just the fact that it gets dark early and we've got shorter days is messing with your energy levels. Anyway, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that recent uh, recording that I did together with Lisa of the Catholic Momcast, so you can check it out. And while you're there, consider subscribing, consider becoming a member of that podcast audience as well. We have a lot of fun, and I love the fact that I get to work with co-hosts on that particular show. Makes it a little bit different from Girlfriends here, and I really enjoy the opportunity to do that. And, you know, there's all kinds of great resources at catholicmom.com, so you'll want to be checking those things out as well. All righty, I can't wait to share this conversation that I had with Kelly Guest. Let me tell you, somebody did not want you to hear this conversation because It took many tries, many efforts, many failed attempts for Kelly and I to connect to make the date and the timing work out, then to make the technology cooperate. We got frustrated multiple times, but we persevered because we said, this is an interview that obviously needs to happen because somebody doesn't want you to hear the amazing and inspiring stories that Kelly shares in her book about saintly moms. I love this topic. I love the way Kelly shares about it. She's got a great personal story as well. So if you've ever wondered, like, why don't we hear about more saints that were moms? Or if you're kind of craving stories of saints who kind of share your life circumstances, share your vocation to Catholic motherhood and family life, Kelly has got the resource for you in her new book, Saintly Moms, but I'm going to let her tell you all about it. Take a listen. Here's my recent conversation with Kelly. Joining us here today on Girlfriends is Kelly Guest. Kelly was blessed to be a Dominican sister of St. Cecilia for five years. There, she received the many graces she draws upon today as a wife and a mother of nine children. Wishing to share with other moms encouragement on our quest to become holy through motherhood, she blogs at nun29.com and catholicmom.com. Kelly's new book, Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness, just launched on October 1st, 2021. Kelly Guest, welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. But before we dive into our conversation, I, you know, some people are going to get stuck on that that first line in your bio. Um, you were a Dominican sister for five years. How does that work? Is that legit? What's going on here? <laughs> so, um, it is legit. Uh, <laughs> I knew so, it was. <laughs> um, so I... After high school, looked into colleges as well as convents because I had always had um, somewhat of a hidden desire to be a sister mm-hmm. or a nun. Um, and so um, I ended up joining after um, two years of college. I left college and went to the Dominican house of St. Cecilia. And I joined the convent when I was 20 years old mm-hmm. and made vows for five years after two years in novitiate. Okay. So, um, and then when those were up, uh, probably the last year of my, my vows, my temporary vows, mm-hmm. um, I started having a desire to get married, thought for sure that was Satan's doing, <laughs> and tried to pray it away and even shared my struggle with the mother general at the time. And she just assured me to continue to live the life um, uh, as well as I could and to continue to pray 
And as it got closer to the time of renewing my vows, we would talk again. So I continued living everyday life as Sister Ann Joachim. I taught fifth grade. I, I you know, lauds, vespers, night prayers, compliment. We, I, I prayed them all. And mm-hmm. in all of that, I was asking the Lord to show me what his will for me was. We were about two weeks away from me renewing my vows when I went to mother and I said, I, I, I am still struggling. I, I just wish Satan would leave me alone. I, I want to live this life, but the, the thoughts of marriage and having my own family keep coming to me. Uh, and it's really just causing me this, this terrible struggle. And she said, stop struggling. It's not Satan, it's God. And it's time for you to go home. Oh, wow. With that came a great peace. I, I've never felt such a movement of grace before in all my life. And so I called my mom and dad and cried to them that it was time for me to come home. And I did. And um, about three weeks later, I met my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how God works that way? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but it took us about three years before we got married. Mm-hmm. Because I, I told the Lord, I know I want to get married. So I'm not going to fall in love with the first guy I met. Well, Paul was pretty much the first guy I met. So, <laughs> no, I'm not supposed to marry you. I told God I wasn't going to. Oh so. my gosh, I love that. That's such a great story. I love this background yeah. that you have bringing to your motherhood because it's so unusual. And yet I'm sure you didn't regret for a minute that formation that you had with the sisters. Oh my goodness. It has made me a better mom and a better wife. Although my husband would say I probably could have used another couple years in the convent. <laughs> Because I'm not the perfect wife, but oh, I, yeah, just just um, understanding my faith more and mm-hmm. being able to apply that, and then just the graces you get from all those prayers that I said the five years I was in the convent, um, all the um, graces I got just living with 130 other women. You can imagine that that too, oh, no doubt, um, <laughs> has graces that come to it. So I still draw on all of that today, mm-hmm. and I, I do think that it has um, helped me in being the mom that I am today, Absolutely. the woman I am today. Absolutely. And I think it's also given you a heart for our unique aspects of feminine spirituality, because this is what's come out in your book. And this is what stood out to me in your book, this kind of, this idea of looking to saints who are moms and this beautiful example of holiness that they give us. I I love that you put this book together because this is something, you know, for years, whenever I'd stumble upon a saint and be like, oh, she was a mom, I'd be like, wow, you know, (laughs) it felt so unusual. I thought you had to be like, you know, always be a religious sister or something to achieve sainthood. And so I love that you've gathered these stories. What was, what was your motivation behind bringing together these particular stories? Uh, Almost exactly what you were saying. So like when I was in the convent, we had spiritual reading every day Mm -hmm. and I loved reading the biography of the saints. I found so much encouragement and inspiration, but like you, a lot of them were religious saints, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like priests or nuns or sisters. Um, And so when I came home, um, when Paul and I did get married, we had three children in three years and a day um, apart (laughs) from each other. And I was so in over my head and, and, and feeling like I'm not doing this right. Like this is just way harder than I think it should be. Yeah. I think you just (laughs) described every woman's experience, especially in early motherhood. Yes. So um, I I started looking for saints who were moms Mm -hmm. to, to encourage me and inspire me. Cause I, one thing I did learn in the comment was that we are all called to be holy and, um, I needed some encouragement in that. Right. Uh, and so I began looking for 
books or even something online um, about a mom who uh, who did this, who who survived motherhood and not just survived, but thrived in it. And mm-hmm. so probably after reading a couple books, I decided, you know what, one day I want to write a book with just mom saints in it. Right. And so I started taking notes and it's probably been about 10 years of, of note taking and and such that I have. And finally, when the opportunity came um, from our Sunday visitor to put it all together, mm-hmm. I I can't say I jumped on that. Yeah, what was that process like? Because you <laughs> so, you're this busy mom of nine kids. Yeah. So um, I got an email one summer from Barb, the editor at Catholic Mom, saying mm-hmm. that our Sunday visitor was looking for book ideas. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was down to only homeschooling four. I just had my, I I homeschooled until high school. And so my middle child, my exact middle child was headed off to high school. I was only homeschooling four. And it's kind of funny to say I'm only homeschooling (laughs) four. That's like a vacation uh, (laughs) compared to what you're doing before. Especially since two of them were twins. So their lesson plans and all were the same. So Uh kind of like three, you Mm -hmm. know, when it comes to preparing. So I thought, you know what? It's probably not the right time to do this, mm-hmm. but I'll let God decide. And so I responded to the email and I sent um, to our Sunday visitor my idea and got an enthusiastic, yes, yes, yes. This is a great idea. We've been waiting for something like this. Oh my gosh. And so, so yeah, you're like, exactly, shoot, now we have to do it. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. <laughs> what have I got myself into? <laughs> So, uh, and my thought was, I'm going to try to write as many of these as I can while it's still summer, mm-hmm. but th- that didn't happen. <laughs> so. I, I always make great plans for my summers, and then lo and behold, summer happens instead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then you did you did pull it together beautifully I, with these 25 stories of different saints here in the book. The book, again, is called Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness by Kelly Ann Guest, newly released from our Sunday visitor. Let's talk about some of these saints that we get to know here. St. Gladys is one that I was not previously familiar with, and um, she has a unique story where her children helped her to grow in holiness. Can you share us a little bit about that? Yeah, I I think it's wonderful when we can be humble enough to learn from our kids. And St. Gladys is the one that kind of shows us that. Um, So she was a Christian princess, um, Walsh, I believe, and um, at this time in history, it's mostly just tribal. And so a tribal king mm-hmm. um, from a neighboring kingdom saw her great beauty, fell in love with her, asked permission to marry her. Her father said no, because you're not Christian. So he just decided to kidnap her. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. As, as will happen. <laughs> so, and the crazy thing is, is that she loved it. She thought this was great. She, you know, <laughs> she kind of... <laughs> she was all yeah, about the she adventure. Was. Okay. She was. And she... Um, was totally okay with marrying him and joining him in his lifestyle. The fun, the excitement, they are um, pretty much predate Bonnie and Clyde. They they go out and loot <laughs> and steal. And one day happened to come across a, a lonely cow out in the yard and stole it. It happened to be the only source of um, drink, really milk, for this holy monk who actually went after them. Mm-hmm. He had the, the tenacity oh to, to go after them. But by the time he caught up with them, they had slaughtered his cow already. So they mm-hmm. offer their firstborn son, Kadok, to him. 
uh, in reparation. That sounds crazy. <laughs> it does sound crazy. Um, <laughs> but in this time period, there are no schools, no public schools. So it was not uncommon mm-hmm. for especially the wealthy to send their children to a monastery to be educated by the monks there. So um, now he's right. more like a hermit type monk, but uh, they took advantage of this opportunity and so did the monk. And, and he saw a great opportunity to bring this young man up in the ways of the Lord as opposed to the ways of his parents. And, and his right. son indeed actually ends up becoming a saint himself. But as he grows older and realizes the errors of his parents' ways and understands that their Mm -hmm. souls are in mortal danger, he begins talking, especially to his mother, because she did have that baptism, those seeds of faith, and eventually was able to bring Mm -hmm. her back to the faith. And together they worked on their father, who also in turn becomes Christian. And so they settled down through, through their son, yes. Um, and they did have other children in, in time, too, and they all kind of settled down. Mom and dad rule their kingdom well, and in time, as their younger children get older, to hand over the kingdom to a younger son and go off and live more contemplative life and a life of full of penance to make up for their wild and crazy younger days. So, But they were <laughs> right. humble enough to realize that um, Cadillac, their son, was um, had their best interests in heart and was trying to lead them back towards um, our Lord. So I love that. And I love this story because I hadn't heard it before. And so that's one of the one of the hidden gems in this book, Saintly Moms, where it's a story of a saint. And this this life, of course, is so different from ours. But like you said, we can relate to that idea of being sanctified by our children and being called into greater holiness in various ways by our kids. And that's a very humbling thing, of course. But I think it is part of the the process of growing in holiness as a mom. It absolutely is. I, I can't tell you. And it is so humbling when your own children tell you, should you say that? Or why don't you and daddy just kiss and make up? Why? You know, like, it's like, you right. are right. <laughs> you know? But also exactly. there have been big lessons that my children had taught me. For instance, my son graduated from college and uh, as a teacher, and he really wanted to teach world history. He loves world history. He's excited about it. He wants to teach it. He got two job opportunities and said no, no to both of them because he said, mm-hmm. I told the Lord, I want world history, and I want to teach in a good school um, so that I can mm-hmm. – you know, share my love and my enthusiasm for this. He said, in time, if I, you know, if I get, as I get more experience, get into a tougher school, that's fine. But in the beginning, I, I, this is what I want. And I told this to the Lord and I'm just going to wait for him to answer this. And I said, well, what if you have to like work as a electrician or something? Then then so (laughs) be it until he answers my, I will wait. And do you know, two weeks before school was supposed to start, he gets a phone call and he has his dream job. It just shows that if you just trust in God and are patient, Mm -hmm. he will answer your heart's desire. And actually, this is the story of saintly moms, too, you know, just... Right, exactly. I was thinking of St. Monica as you were describing that, kind of waiting and persevering in prayer. Um, So, of course, St. Monica is one that many of us are more familiar with. Um, but that's that idea of waiting for God's perfect timing. Have you, have you experienced that? In I your own absolutely have. Just, uh, well, first of all, in this book, wanting to do it and then it happening. But also just in, in a lot of little things with the kids, and that almost is in the opposite. We're thinking, Lord, this isn't a good time <laughs> to have a child. You know, like my husband... Right 
lost the contract or something, you know, and, and then God says, just, just trust me, you know, just trust me. And then Mm -hmm. lo and behold, another contract comes up, which pays even more. And then my husband gets a promotion and I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) sorry, Lord. (laughs) You actually had a plan there. I know I've experienced that so many times, especially with regard to financial things. Like I'm almost at the brink of being, you know, having lots of anxiety about something. And that's always when the Lord will intervene. And I almost laugh every time because it's like, Oh, I, I'm so dumb. Yeah. I forgot again. Yeah. Like, I, I think forgot. it took me about nine <laughs> children to realize that he's always got this under control because we were building a home when I was pregnant with the twins and and things were just mm-hmm. not going right. You know, I mean, at every turn, there was another hoop to jump through and we were down to the last day. Mm-hmm. And my husband was the one to remind me, oh, boy. this is going to work. It always has. So, right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. My husband, Dan, plays that role in my life as well. He's so often that voice of calm, like God has always provided for us. And I think we just need that reminder. And the saint stories, of course, can be beautiful reminders of that. Is there a particular saint story that was especially encouraging to you as you were putting this book together? Well, I guess besides the Blessed Mother, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say um, Zelie Martin. Mm. And I would say Zelie because... Well, first of all, we know a lot more about her because of so many letters that she left behind. So we get mm-hmm. to hear her in her own voice and her concerns. And, yes. uh, and among her concerns were for two of her children, Therese, who mm-hmm. um, had such a temper and was very strong. <laughs> this is St. Therese of Lisieux for people who don't yes. know. Yes. And then um, her older sister, Leone, she, um, her mother would often talk about Leone's constant tantrums. And she really worried for them, like, and worried, wondered how to best discipline them because, mm-hmm. because of Therese's strong will, it didn't seem like any kind of punishment really bothered her so much. Right. But, um, so, and, and the beautiful thing about that is that both of those women are either a saint, like St. Therese mm-hmm. is, um, and not only a saint, but she's a doctor of the church. Right. And now Leone's cause for canonization is up. She's a servant of God wow. on her way to become a venerable. And so sometimes those worries that we have about our children, again, God's got this, you know, he's in control. Mm-hmm. And um, the prayers of a mother, even a mother, or maybe even especially a mom from heaven, because as we know, um, she ended up dying when Therese was still very young right. from breast cancer. And and even that, you think, why didn't she have such great faith? They even took a pilgrimage. She took a pilgrimage to Lourdes and just felt like the Our Lady was going to answer their prayers. Mm-hmm. And, and it was not the answer that they wanted, you know. Right. But that didn't stop Zelie from being a mom, even from heaven. And I, I'm sure that her prayers from heaven guided her children. They They all become sisters and mm-hmm. two of them are saints. That's so, beautiful. Yeah, yeah is, that is it, so encouraging. It is. Especially if we're struggling and if we're worried about our kids, like that idea that God is outside of time and that the way yes. that he answers our prayers sometimes doesn't look like what we want it to look like or what we think it should look like. And yet it's so much better than that. His plan is so much more expansive than what our little minds can envision. <laughs> um, was there a particular saint you wrote about that was challenging for you? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Blessed Anna Maria Taji uh, okay. was a new I, one I'm for me. I'm not familiar, so let's let's hear about her. 
Okay, so um, she actually has a, a book out because she's a she's a mystic. So there's mm-hmm. the Golden Globe. She can read mind. She knows states of souls. That's not what attracted me to her, though, because that's so far beyond me. I can't even <laughs> begin. Right. But but in her simple everyday life, so she had a husband who actually really did love her dearly, really does love her dearly. Mm-hmm. But he has many, many flaws. He wasn't the <laughs> most virtuous man. And yet here she is quite virtuous. And Mm -hmm. so she always could see the good in him and praised him for the good. And then Mm -hmm. when she had to, she would gently correct the faults that he had. And, um, and, and she knew how to do that so that even he says in a biography of hers that she would correct me in such a way that I didn't even know she was correcting me. Wow. That's an art form right there. (laughs) It's not a gift I have. (laughs) (laughs) And then just, um, you know, she she understood that she had to keep her children busy, but she kept them busy with works of charity. Um, She would take them to the hospital with her. Mm -hmm. Um, They started their day out together with morning prayer. They said evening rosary together and, uh, you know, just kept them busy with works of mercy and charitable acts. And so mm-hmm. I just I just felt like that those things are things that I can imitate, mm-hmm. but I also find kind of difficult to, to imitate. So she is um, one that I often find myself saying, help, yeah. <laughs> help, blessed Anna, um, help me do this correctly. You know, and even is this something I should correct my husband for? Or do I keep my mouth shut? Yeah, so much wisdom in knowing when to keep your mouth shut. Yes, yes. (laughs) I frequently find myself in that situation. Like I, I realize, oh, I'm, I'm. Maybe it's something that you know he needs to work on, but I'm not the person to tell him that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of wisdom there for sure. I love that you have this collection of of these different stories from, you know, women from all walks of life, but that they share motherhood in common because it gives us something that we can connect with each of them about. But when they all come together, what really stands out to me is like, there's, there's this challenge sometimes as moms where we feel like we're falling short of the ideal or we think everybody else has it all together and we're the only ones who struggle in these, you know, particular ways. And while each of us has a unique path to heaven, a unique vocation. There are things that we all have in common. And maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Did you come away after gathering these stories kind of with an idea, like, you know, motherhood's hard and it's hard in different ways for us as individuals, but there are things we all have in common and that there's a lot of strength to be found in connecting with one another. The the difficulties that so many of these women face, like St. Elizabeth with infertility and Mm -hmm. St. Jane Frances de Chantel, you know, suffered from Great Depression. There's so many. I mean, every single one, St. Eva was a single mom, like a a, a victim of sexual assault. And so, uh, yes, all of us have our our struggle, our cross. Mm -hmm. I would say the thing that all of them had in common, though, was a prayer life. Yeah, uh, they all stopped and made time to commune with God, to talk with Him, to share their day with Him, to begin their day with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't say that they all went to daily mass because there was a time in church history where that just wasn't an option, mm-hmm. and there was a time in church history where there was no such thing as a rosary. So it's not like they all had rosaries, you know. Right. But they all talked with God. They all had a relationship with Him. They all made time to pray. Um, to him uh, and they turned to him in all earnestness when when it was needed uh, mm-hmm. and he was a part of their everyday life 
And so that would be the one thing. Now, when the rosary comes about, you can see, because then there's later saints. Mm-hmm. The rosary is a big part of their prayer life. That's a common thread. Uh-huh. Yes. And then um, and mass is. When, when possible, they all did go to mass, whether that was mm-hmm. a daily mass or the Sunday mass. But they all made time for our Lord in their everyday life. And mm-hmm. Our Lady, a devotion to her, of course, because she is our model. Right. So whether yeah, there was a rosary I... available or not. That's a that's a great example that they all set for us. But Kelly, some people are listening and they're like, oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> what is she talking about? Making time for prayer in my crazy busy life. You know, maybe they're where you were with three kids in three years or any variation of that. You know, we're all we're all living busy lives. We all have many responsibilities and obligations. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what that looks like for you. Not because there's one prescription for everybody, but maybe it could be encouraging or inspiring to somebody who's kind of struggling to make that happen right now. Yeah. Well, depending on my stage in motherhood, my prayer mm-hmm. life looked different. So yeah. Like let's, right let's talk about that. When when it was like three kids under the age of three, three right. <laughs> what was that like in so, comparison they, to being a sister? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, the thing that they both have in common is you're waking up early. Okay. <laughs> yes. when, when I left the convent, I said to the Lord, I don't ever want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning unless I'm going to the beach. Okay. <laughs> and, and again, God kind of laughed at me. and said, That was right. a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so to say to wake up earlier and start mm-hmm. your day off with prayer was, wasn't going to be a a good thing for me because mm-hmm. I'm not a morning person. Right. And so um, when I was in the throes of motherhood and had so many young ones, prayer time often happened more at, at afternoon nap time. And and I will confess, there were times where mommy fell asleep praying mm-hmm. too, you know? Yeah, that's part so, of the deal. Yeah. But, um, and I tried to go to Delhi Mass because I was in that habit when I was, uh, no pun intended, when I was in, in the combat. <laughs> when you were uh, in the habit. Yeah, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> so, um, but as children came, that that became impossible. I, there, I couldn't do it by myself with, with two infants, you know, mm-hmm. two, two young children. So daily mass became something that I just desired, did not, <laughs> I, I just couldn't do. I just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. So my prayer life when, when my children were real young was very messy because in the evening when you finally get them all in bed, you are tired and your husband still wants a little bit of your time. Of course. So the little bit of time during nap time became my prayer time. And often it was just reading the gospel, something like, you know, um, Catholic mom's daily gospel reflections, reading that mm-hmm. gospel, reading that reflection. That might be all I would be able to get to. Sure. Um, and, and when I could get more, that'd be wonderful. But if that's all it was, that's all it was. And so what becomes important is making changing diapers your prayer, you know, mm-hmm. making picking up the toys again or putting all the DVDs back on the shelf again. <laughs> <laughs> Those became my prayer. And yeah. as my kids got older and slept in more, then I could get up and, and, and pray in the morning. And that's what I'm enjoying now, being able to get up every morning and start my day off in prayer. Mm-hmm. I um, have just one now that I'm homeschooling. And so we get to daily mass. So it, the time comes when you can do things like that. Right. I think it's real important for us moms to realize that there are a lot of times where we're living in the not yet moment mm-hmm. where we have the desire to do daily mass or have desire to make a holy hour or to spend a half hour in the morning in prayer. And it's just not doable. And, and to be merciful to ourselves because God is merciful to us. 
and and know that everything we do can be our prayer. It is still very necessary to find some kind of time, though, whether it's in the morning, at nap, before bed, just to make a little bit of quiet time for you and God so that you can be renewed and strengthened. Mm -hmm. But until um, they grow up a little bit, you're probably not going to have all that um, you desire in the way of time alone with our Lord, just like you don't have that time alone with your husband always right. that you desire. <laughs> yeah. But you do desire it, and you do it in what ways you can. Exactly. So I think that's a beautiful comparison. What what beautiful words of wisdom, I think, that can speak to the heart of every mom who's in that struggle, because that's just the, the common, I think, experience that I hear from young moms especially, or new moms, especially, whatever age you are, that that's, it's such a shock to your system. Like, wait a minute, my time is not my own anymore. How do I even begin to do this? But I think you're so right that you do need to have at least some of that time that's focused on your relationship with the Lord, because that's what that's what it's anchored in all those other times. Like, you know, like you said, praying, changing diapers, praying, picking up toys. It's It's got to be anchored in something, you know, you've got to have that established in the first place. So really, really wise words of encouragement for moms from all walks of life. Well, Kelly, this book is newly launched. And um, so people are starting to get their copies. What's been the response you've been hearing from people so far? I, I think a lot of people um, are learning about new saints. There are a lot of saints in there that they have never heard of. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some very familiar like St. Monica and St. Elizabeth and even St. Perpetua mm-hmm. um, and St. Sally, St. Gianna. But um, there are a lot that they don't know anything about. So I think there's an excitement to learn about some new saints. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I think I, I actually even had a friend of mine saying, like, uh, oh, how this like brings like women to the forefront of a patriarchal church. Well, that's not kind of what my intention was. But <laughs> for her, <laughs> um, that, that was something that was important to her. The fact that she saw all these strong women in the church that for some reason she she never really saw before. So right. I think um, it is a blessing to um, some of my friends that I've been able to speak to, to, to be able to learn more about some of these saints and see that they are ordinary people with struggles, just like we are, you know, they're not these, uh, they weren't born holy. In other words, you know, Mm -hmm. They, they became holy by responding to the graces that God gives them at any given moment. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And, you know, the book is very accessible. So I just want to encourage people, if you pick up a copy of this, it is structured in such a way that you can pick it up and just read about one of the saints. Like, I'm, you know, as I was leafing through, I thought, wouldn't this be a cool project to do? like for half of the year, just pick one saint each week and read about her and pray to that saint for that week. There's a beautiful prayer at the end of each short passage that's about the particular saint. So you've got a starting place right there, but this would be a great way to spend, you know, six months going deeper in your faith life and growing your friendship with these beautiful women in heaven who can help you on your path, getting there yourself. That's a beautiful idea, Danielle. Well, I'm all about it. So let's, let's make this happen. Um, so for, for folks, folks who don't know, Kelly is also a contributor over at catholicmom.com, which is my day job over there. I'm so blessed to be a part of the community there. And um, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm, you know, my, my brain is working, the gears are going here, and I'm thinking we need to do something along those lines over at catholicmom.com. It might be really fun. What do you think? Oh my gosh, that would be a blessing to me too. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So putting you on the spot, but folks stay (laughs) tuned and we'll be sharing with you our way of maybe formally doing that over at catholicmom.com in the coming weeks. Um, But in the meantime, where can people find this book and where can they learn more about you and your work, Kelly? 
Well, of course, um, you can go to our Sunday visitor or mm-hmm. to Amazon. I do have a website and it's none to nine. So that's N U N and then the number two and then mm-hmm. nine spelled out N I N E. So none to nine.com. Um, you can actually purchase it there too, but I'm not quite as efficient as uh, our Sunday visitor or Amazon. So <laughs> if you want it quicker, you might want to go one of those other two routes. Right, right. Um, so you can find and, it in all of the typical places online. Yeah, bookstores too. So. Yes, if you have a local Catholic bookstore, great opportunity to support Kelly and her work by asking for the book and making sure they get it in stock, but also supporting your local small Catholic business Absolutely. by purchasing the book there. I think that's a great idea. So my guest has been uh, Kelly Guest, who is a blogger over at None to Nine, a contributor at CatholicMom.com. And her new book is Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness, newly launched from Our Sunday Visitor. Kelly, thank you so much for being part of this show and for sharing your story and your book with us here at Girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, it's been such a blessing to me. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's been a real joy. Well, we've got more of the show coming up for you. Don't go anywhere. First, though, we're going to have a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. If you enjoyed the Rejoice Advent resources in the past Advents, you know firsthand how God can use this season of Advent to foster a personal encounter with Him so that you are ready for the person of Jesus Christ at Christmas. My name is Father Mark Toops, author of the Rejoice Advent Meditation Series, and I'm excited about this year as we invite you on a pilgrimage as we learn more about the places, people, and events of the very first Advent. I am humbled with all of you who have uh, celebrated with me the gift of Advent. Over 100,000 people have been a part of the Rejoice resource in the past. It's been a humble privilege for me to walk with you, and I'm excited about this year's pilgrimage as we learn more about those places, people, and events of the very first Advent. To learn more and to go on the pilgrimage with us, go to rejoiceprogram.com. Until we see you in this Advent journey, God bless you. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback or a listener question. Don't forget at the beginning of this show where I asked you to send me your questions. It doesn't have to be for this segment. It can be just funny, even goofy questions, things you might want to know about my personal life, about my marriage, about my kids, about where we live or how we live. I would love to hear all of your questions, but they can be more serious and more in-depth as well. Send me your questions for that upcoming special episode of Girlfriends number 300 coming up in just three weeks. So please send me your questions so I can be sure to include them in that special episode. Send them to me at danielle at daniellebean.com or on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, this week I heard from Margaret And uh, Margaret reached out to me on Facebook, and this is what she said to me. It was short. It was not so sweet. It's, I can feel her frustration. She said, my family is nuts. I just don't want to see any of them this Thanksgiving. And yet, here they come. Do you have any tips for me, Margaret? Okay. I picked this question for this week because I think, you know, after last week where I was talking to, I believe it was Kelly who wrote in about dreading the holidays, not necessarily because her family is crazy, but they were feeling pressured to be in multiple places at the same time, kind of balancing their schedules between two different extended families. This is kind of the other thing where many of us are facing situations like this. Many of us find ourselves 
at Thanksgiving sitting across the table from people who are very different from us. And yet they're part of our family in one way, shape, or form. And here they are. And in divisive times like these, politically divisive, racially divisive, socially divisive, in divisive times like these, we really need to be vigilant and we need to make special effort to love our families, love people who are different from us, while, of course, never compromising our faith, our values, or speaking anything that's untrue. But, you know, Margaret just shares my family is nuts. I don't know exactly what she means by that, but they're coming to her house. And maybe you're going to find yourself in a situation like that. So I thought this is an important topic to take up. And one thing that I would recommend, and I can put a link in the show notes to this, is um, I recently recorded a series of videos with Father Mark Mary through Ascension Presents. He's one of the CFRs and he does a great job with his YouTube channel. And he invited me to record some episodes of his video series at Ascension Presents with him. And one of the topics we took on together was how to love people who are annoying. And, you know, we had a little bit of fun with that topic and uh, talked a little bit about how we're all annoying people. And, you know, we might be complaining about people who annoy us, but they're annoyed by us. And so I'm going to share that link for you in case that's helpful to hear what Father Mark Mary and I shared about that. But right here, I just want to suggest, first of all, if you're finding yourself dreading who you're going to be sitting across the table from this Thanksgiving, you know, prepare yourself ahead of time. Recognize it takes two to fight. If you always fight about politics or religion or some other issue with somebody, you know, prepare yourself ahead of time that you're not going to do that, that you're not going to participate. Even if they bait you, even if they're obnoxious, even if they say rude things, you get to choose how you're going to respond to that. And then, you know, along those lines, I think it's really important to recognize that it's just not our job to fix everything or to correct everything that needs correcting. That's not our job. It's pride, really, that makes us feel like we have to fix everything or we can't let that person say that thing that's not true without getting in their face about it and correcting it for everybody. You know, that's not true. That's our pride oftentimes that's kind of prompting us to respond to people, whether it's on the internet or at your Thanksgiving dinner table. That's God's job. God is in charge. And sometimes I find, I personally find a lot of consolation just in reflecting on the fact that God can handle it. Whatever crazy thing somebody is saying, whatever's not true, God can handle it. And he is going to handle it. You know, surrender all of it to him. We've talked about the surrender novena here, those powerful words of prayer you can say, Jesus, I surrender all to you. I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Do that. Surrender it to him and recognize that it's not your job. You don't have to fix everything. You don't have to correct everything. More often than not, that's your pride speaking. And then I would also recommend that you for sure make sure you're on the same page, on the same team with your husband going into any potentially socially awkward, aggressive, angry, divisive, contentious situation. So if you're anticipating this person always comes to Thanksgiving and they always want to argue about religion or politics or some other thing, you know, make sure you and your husband are on the same page and on the same team. You're going to support one another and you're also together not planning to dive into it. Okay. And along those lines, here's the last little bit of practical advice that I would suggest is part of your homework before anybody comes to Thanksgiving. And, and this is good practice to do, even if you're not anticipating it's going to be contentious, is to think about the people who are going to be your guests. Think about each of them individually and think, 
What kind of conversation could I have with them? What things are going on in their life that I could ask them about? What about their work? What about their family? What about their hobbies? What do they have going on in their life? What do I know about their recent accomplishments that I might um, ask them about or compliment them about? Give some thought ahead of time. This is just part of being a good host to what kinds of conversations you can have with each of the people who are going to be your guests. And even if they're not your guests and you're going to their house, think of who is going to be present there and the kinds of pleasant, loving, encouraging, positive conversations you might have with them, things they might appreciate, things they might come away thinking, wow, that person's a great conversationalist, or that person really is interested in me, or that person really paid attention to what I had to say. Think about that. Think about them. And then once you have that in your arsenal, have a few phrases that you are ready to redirect the conversation with in case it goes awry. Like, oh, politics is boring. And then follow up real quick with a question along the lines of what I told you to just prepare for. Like, so, you know, I saw you got that promotion at work. Congratulations. How's that going for you? That kind of thing. Or, you know, whatever feels natural to you. Maybe, maybe if they start asking you about your religion, you could say, oh, you know, you're not likely to change, change my opinion about my religion. And then follow up real quick with a question about their family or their hobby, or say, I saw that you went on a hike or, you know, whatever whatever you saw or you know about their life, whatever's going on that you can ask about and show interest in. This is just a great way to kind of foster those real connections. This isn't you being fake. This is you being genuinely interested in creating connections about positive things in ways that are going to be helpful, about finding common ground about things. So, And it does take homework. That's the thing. But it's homework that pays off being prepared ahead of time to have these kinds of conversations, knowing what will I do if it all goes awry, knowing you're not going to dive into it and knowing that you and your husband and any kids that are old enough to partake in any kind of conversations are all going into it on the same team, knowing that you support and encourage each other, and especially that you support and encourage each other in not diving into negativity and messiness and combativeness, okay? So those are my suggestions for you, Margaret, and anybody else who is facing that this Thanksgiving season. If you have a tip for me about how to handle contentious relatives, friends, or others at holiday events, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to have your suggestions and your feedback to share in an upcoming episode of Girlfriends. But in the meantime, make sure to send me those questions for that upcoming episode number 300, when I'm just going to be answering your questions right here on the podcast. Make sure your questions are being answered in that special episode. Would love to include them. All right, that's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the Girlfriends Podcast. I do not take for granted that you have many things that are vying for your time and attention. And so it means the world to me that you spend some of that precious time and attention and energy right here with me on Girlfriends. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you for being part of today's episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.